Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. Well, I'm Jason Evans, and with me is Kyle Lee with a big smile. How's it going, Kyle? Great. I remembered we were on video today. That's right. And then uh, Kyler Clapp. Uh, how's it going, Kyler? It's going. Well, good. I'm glad it's going. We, uh, we've, we've had some audio issues and some Wi-Fi issues uh, so far this morning, but hey, we are going to make it. Well, uh, Kyle, as we get started, I can't help but noticing uh, you're making two very starch political statements right now. Um, would you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Well, number one is on everyone's mind. Free Joe Exotic. He's innocent, obviously. Free him. <laughs> number two is timely because this Thursday night there will be a Parks and Rec special live on NBC. So, Ron Swanson, Woman of the Year. That's right. Uh, this I didn't know. I wasn't aware of this uh, special. What is this special? Yeah, they did. A, they recorded a new episode via zoom oh wow and so it's gonna be on so on thursday that is that is exciting well uh kyler how's it going uh you are tucked away in your parents laundry room um how was your weekend uh per usual it was great we actually went to Winniewood. um oh well we actually went to the arbuckle safari drive whatever but we stopped by gw exotic animal park man it's in the boons <laughs> it is isn't it yeah it's way out there. But it's not open, right? Yeah. No, it actually looks pretty nice from the outside. There's just a lot of signs that are like um, armed guards. And I was like, where are the armed guards? Well, they're on the but other it's side. Cool. That's what I did. Well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, you also did something else this weekend. Would you like to... Uh, Oh, did I? <laughs> Would you like to explain? Um, I saw something you posted on social media, <laughs> so and uh, last week you and um, you talked uh, on. You stumbled in on your brother while he's taking his tap class at ORU, and uh, but it looks like you partook a little bit over the weekend. What was that all about? Yeah. If by stumbled on you mean intentionally went and got my tap shoes to try to one up my brother, then yes. Oh, that's it. Um. Um, so I was like, why not? Let's just record a tapping video. So we did the shim sham. Okay. Um, obviously that's the go, obviously classic. It's the go to, um, and we recorded it in our church Nice. last night. He taught it to me in one night and was like, I expect perfection. I was like, well, you're going to get this. So did you do it in one take? Voila. Oh, <laughs> About 13. There's going to be a blooper reel. I'm so excited for the blooper reel. Forget actual tapping. Comedy tapping is my passion. Comedy tapping is your passion? Is there another yes. type of tapping? A regular tapping. I thought it was all comedy. Uh, well, I mean, there's a... You would say there that, is wouldn't a you, place, There's a place for tapping. Um, but we, we will definitely post that video on this uh, podcast page and uh, in the yeah, show notes. So we'd love for you to watch it and we can't wait for uh, the bloopers. Um, you know, guys, it's it's kind of appro appropriate, Kyler, we're talking about tap dancing because our guest today is is a professional dancer. But before we get to that, um, I, I, I want to ask you guys, we're not very serious very often on this show, but uh, you guys, you know, doing all right. Here in Oklahoma, they've announced that uh, here starting 1st of May, Things will, will really kind of start opening back up. Um, but how have you guys done overall in this uh, stay at home, safer at home time? Great. I mean, I resorted to tap dancing, so it's a little rough. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm fine. I I'm an, I'm I'm really fine. But I hope you're I'm fine. great. Yeah. yeah, I've been chilling. Yeah, me too. You guys feel like Obviously. you found your found your routines. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yep. Wake up, drink two cups of coffee, think of a new podcast to make. Um, let's see. I cut down a tree. I moved my fence back a little bit, built a gate, uh, tore down a playhouse in the backyard. 
and that was all on Saturday. So, so you moved your fence mm-hmm. back? So, like, you rebuilt your fence? Well, so, yeah, like, here's our house, and our fence was, like, right up next to it, and it didn't have a gate. And then I moved it back to here, and then put a gate on it. Okay, so it was, like, your so f- that, the front-facing fence, like, on the side of your house? Yeah, I and I moved it back far enough, because there was a water spigot. Water spigot? <laughs> Like right out, right, right back behind the fence, and so I moved the fence to where that spigot could be used for the front yard. Nice. Um, and then I put a gate on there because our shed in the backyard is like right behind there, and I was having to walk to roll everything all the way around the house to get in the shed, and pretty some pretty old man stuff that yeah. I'm doing. Hey, that's that's homeowner problems. I just had the conversation with uh, Camber this morning that uh, we're going to get a big rain barrel. Because we have an area that floods on the west side of our house, so we're gonna just try to capture all that rain with a rain barrel and then use it. I know to a guy. I know. I've got a rain barrel guy. If you do, you I'm serious. Like I need one. Some, so, <laughs> well, yeah. Kyler, how's the apartment life? <laughs> Since you're not a, uh, you don't get to enjoy the the uh, minor construction of homeowning. I, uh, you know, the other night, three in the morning. Just gratata, like, <laughs> like straight up for gunshots. Um, can I say that on here? If I did, well, I mean, uh, um, gunshots. It, bleep that out. Did you? You weren't the one shooting, right? I uh, know. She, she just woke up and was tired of it. <laughs> I honestly feel like that's what the person did. So they just stepped out their door and was like, Papa. "So th- three in the morning, four gunshots. Uh, did that wake you up?" Well, I was already, I already have a hard time falling asleep when I'm at my apartment due to prior incidents. Um, so it was about, I was like probably 30 minutes into sleep. Okay. Um, and I, yeah. So like, Gratata. you know, we've, we've talked about this before. You, you really need to find a, another place, uh, to live. But, um, in the meantime, do you like wake up and go to the news and like Google your apartment name and it just make sure nothing happened like overnight. I'm not going to lie. When it, when it happened, I got on news nine and it was like Northwest. Okay. See shooting. And I was like, oh, that's where I live. And then I clicked on it. And it was like on Meridian or something. And so it wasn't us, but should have been, well, I should check it again. Well, it's just, it seems like there, I, there are often incidents. Um, so, you know, we, well, yeah. we just should know that us here in suburbia are not supervious to break-ins. That's true. <gasps> really? Someone stole MIDI keyboard out of my car Saturday night. So that's terrible. <gasps> R.I.P. And like busting in the window. And a basketball I'd had since my senior year of high school. My goodness. I always kept it in there because you never know when uh, the time was going to come when you needed to ball out. But yeah, I guess they also needed to ball out. I guess so. Did they break in? My car was, was car not. Locked? My car was not locked. Okay. Um, I've been having some issues with my key fob, and so mm-hmm. my my car is a little odd. The key doesn't. There's no key for the door. It's just this fob, and so if the fob doesn't work, you have to like take this little piece off the door handle, and take this little plastic piece out of the fob, and yeah. And I was so tired of doing that every single time. And so I had gotten the bad habit of not locking my car, and but well, could have been worse, it, I guess. Yeah, it goes both ways, Camber. Uh, so like we're we're divergent because I always lock the car and she never locks the car. But her reasoning is when she was in high school, uh, someone busted out the window to steal something out of her car. So she's like, "Well, if they're gonna try to break in anyway, I'll just make sure there's nothing valuable I don't in there." Know. You know. So, but we we have diverging opinions. I'm I'm a proponent of a locked door you know keeps people in general from from doing something they shouldn't yeah they didn't steal my hand sanitizer though so oh wow and you would think you would think right now that would be in high demand these people like to be dirty (laughs) we were at our grocery store over the weekend and they were you know big big announcements hand sanitizer as the crest there on 104th Kyle and um, the hand sanitizer was in a it looked like a giant, giant bottle yeah. of vodka <laughs> like, yes I think it's a, a vodka company that or I think Smirnoff it, is making is all it, that yeah, hand sanitizer I didn't sanitizer. look who was making it but it's like 85% alcohol 
So it's like like yeah, super it's not high it's end. not gel either. No, it's, it's just like liquid. liquid. Yeah, I almost wanted to and buy so, it just just because, but it's like ten bucks. So I was like, eh, I don't. Yeah, I don't ten dollars, and they sell they have the spray bottles right next to it. Yeah. So you, I guess you're just supposed to spray your hand. Yeah, but so, um, it's like wow, yeah. that ain't it. That ain't they, it. They <laughs> they were they had it together at that crest. They're selling face shields. Yeah, like and, the big the big uh, giant looked like a welder's yeah. mask. <laughs> yeah. My aunt made me a Batman mask, so oh, I'm sweet. good. My mom made me an Oklahoma State mask, and uh, so living the high life, you know. How about you, Kyler? How's your mask coming along? I have a yellow paisley one. Nice. Did you make it? And then a one with flowers on it. No, I did not. Well, well, at least we're all my, following guidelines, right? Yeah. She went all out. She made a little slit in there, and then she cut up some air conditioner filters oh, yeah. and sl- slid them in. Wow. Oh my goodness! That is like fancy. wow. Uh, it is no lie. We it's way better than my sweatshirt mask that I made. Oh, they stole that out of my car. Oh, your sweatshirt mask. So I had this, <gasps> I had this mask I made out of a sweatshirt, and uh, I had drawn a huge smiley face on it, and they took that as Man. well. Those those mean mean people. Uh, leave the hand sanitizer. So that, take the sweatshirt mask. <laughs> and I had there's a medical mask like right next to that. But they left it. They didn't take that. Yeah. If I see that around, I'm just gonna, you know. It's gonna be great when they when they somehow turn it into a designer sweatshirt thing, and they're they're gonna make millions of dollars off of your prototype. Yeah, that's, you know, that's probably what they were looking for. They were they were after my ideas. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, old basketball sweatshirt, MIDI keyboard. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we probably need to go ahead and get to our guest for the day. I'm glad you guys are staying safe and following guidelines and. And all that stuff. Um, it seems like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, we don't approach that light too quickly. Um, but hey, you know, whatever. So, uh, our guest today is Jeff Hampton, and he is a filmmaker and professional dancer out of Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, it was it was awesome having him on. He was a super nice guy, and uh, we talk about uh, his journey from beginning in dance, and then how that turned professional, going on tour with artists and things like that, and then how he transitioned into film making and so we we talked a little bit about that and he's also a guy that is just always creating something and we talked about why he why he's like that and so it was a lot of fun so uh let's just get right to it uh before we get there hold on did you guys have anything you want to say about jeff i challenged him five six seven eight oh (laughs) oh darn kyle (laughs) (laughs) what was that kyler oh i just said five six seven eight Kyle wants to dance off. Oh, yeah. Here it goes. I've created so many dances in my life. This guy doesn't even know. Well, we'll see if we can maybe get him on a uh, on a Zoom or something and, and you and him go at it. So that could be a lot of fun. But hey, let's, uh, let's get to the interview. It was great talking to Jeff and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So here is Jeff Hampton. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being part of the Create Initiative podcast. We uh, love having you on, and uh, just thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jason. This is this is cool what you're doing. Uh, well, well, thank you. As we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're where you're living, where you're from, stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so uh, I live in Dallas, Texas. I was born and raised here. Um, if you're from the Metroplex area, technically Fort Worth but we just say Dallas. Um, uh, I, when I was younger, uh, I played a lot of sports, uh, did a lot of random arts and crafts. Um, I said arts and crafts, but more like, like specifically drawing. (laughs) Um, uh, I didn't start dancing until I got into like college, uh, and then didn't start filmmaking until after that. I I think I was, almost out of college before I even picked up a camera. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I say that just because I never would have guessed seeing the quality of your work. Uh, it just seems yeah. like it, it's something you've been honing. Um, but but we'll get to that. I do want to stress, I feel like Fort Worth is starting to make a name for itself. Like, I feel like it's getting there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of up-and-coming filmmakers out here. Um, I mean, even, uh, are you familiar with Ezra Cohen? Yeah, definitely. We've had him yeah, on the show, so actually. He, he's He's, you know, 
originally, I don't know if he was born here, but he used to live here. And um, so a lot of the Dallas filmmakers are all kind of connected. Yeah. A lot of us went to um, Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. A lot of us worked there. And then, you know, after we left there, we kind of all spread our wings and went freelance. So it's kind of crazy how we're still all connected. But yeah, Fort Worth and Dallas definitely make a name for itself. Yeah, it, it does seem like there's a burgeoning group. And, and I love that a lot of people can attribute that to a, a church. You know, I think that's so cool that there's so much creativity coming out of a church, you know? Totally. Well, uh, and that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today. You you said you didn't really start doing dance or, or film or anything till, till later in life, but like, could you, could you trace back to like in childhood or anything like that? Would you say you were creative like in, in those times? Uh, most definitely Jason. I would say, uh, I've always had a creative gene in me. Um, doesn't mean I always had the talent, but <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, the creative gene, always. Uh, like I said, when I was younger, drawing was huge for me. Um, I would draw for hours on end. Uh, it'd be the thing I would do up until like 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, just in my room. Um, and possibly the thing that's giving me the tolerance for editing now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, forever. Um, so I used to draw a lot, um, used to skateboard, uh, Lego. So literally anything that allowed me the opportunity to build or create something I was into. Um, even, even when it came to sports, uh, my parents were heavy basketball players. So I kind of fell into basketball. Um, we had a state championship contending team and then we won state championship. Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. But like even, even basketball, somehow turned into like an art form for me. <laughs> uh, people used to say I looked like I was dancing on the court. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so anything, like I just had this style and I don't know, it, 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 art was just in me. Um, and so I didn't, you know, even once dance came along, film came along, honestly, I see all of it as like an outlet of art, um, just different forms. Yeah. Um, so over time, it's just, I, you know, I've allowed or I've watched God just, you know, evolve it and transform it to, to this, to this, to this. And it's just cool to see the journey. Um, and I, you never know where he's going to have me like 10 years from now. So, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, life just changes, doesn't it? We didn't we didn't think we'd be in this moment right now. <laughs> You know, so, um, well, uh, so, so you picked up dance before you picked up filmmaking. Yes. So kind of walk us down that path. How, how did that, uh, how did you gain interest in that? And you said you, you were dancing on the the basketball court, but, but what did that look like for you? And then kind of, where did it take you? Honestly, Jason, like dance came to me because, uh, uh, when I was in high school, middle school and high school, skateboarding was huge for me. Um, but once we got a, uh, state contending team. My mom made me stop skating because she was like, son, I don't want you getting hurt. Like, you know, y'all, y'all have a chance. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Had to find a new hobby. Um, honestly, I saw this movie called You Got Served in the 90s. Um, kind of popular. Um, I saw the dude spinning around and stuff. I was like, yo, that looks cool. Yeah. And so it literally just started with me trying to learn like a windmill, which is like a kind of a basic break dance move just to show off to my friends. Um, after I learned the windmill, then I wanted to learn to flare. And after that, I just kind of like fell into the whole, the break dance scene. Um, uh, so really it, again, it like, just like filmmaking, just like, I mean, dan- everything was kind of like stumbled upon, hmm. you know, it's kind of like, Oh, let me try this. You know, it looks like art. Let me try it. You know? Um, and then I just ended up falling in love with it. Um, so like with dance, that didn't become a serious thing for me until college, because uh, it was like a hobby thing I did for, for, you know, to entertain my friends in high school. But then when I went to college, I wanted to meet other dancers. And so I found ways to meet other dancers, got hooked up with this crew, a dance crew, Christian dance crew. Um, and then from that, started teaching at a studio um, and then just started performing a lot of places. Uh, honestly, Jason, it was like a fast track with dance <laughs> because when I joined this crew, uh, I didn't do any choreography. I was a straight freestyle break dancer. Okay. You know, I, I could entertain a crowd and do the, but you show me some moves and stuff. Oh, I'm lost. <laughs> um, and so the leader in, of that crew, he's the one who taught me choreography. Um, he was a leader of the crew for a year. Uh, 
he left and made me in charge of the crew. So then I was the leader and I'm like, how are you going to make me the leader? <laughs> you know, I'm, I've only been doing choreography for a year and you, we've got dancers in here who are like 25, 30 years old and I'm, I'm, I'm 19 and you're gonna make me the leader of this crew. Um, so, I mean, that's a whole nother like testimony moment, but like, you know, at 19, just God putting me in a place of leadership over like adults, you know, that, that was huge for me. And I was like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. So you definitely have to show me. <laughs> um, but, you know, through that, you know, that crew stayed together for like two more years. Um, and then that same leader who had left got me my first studio job. Um, and that was fun. I did that for about three years teaching kids. And, um, you know, there were some kids who even to this day, like I still keep in contact with yeah. um, or they're doing other things. I, I have one who dances for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and so I, I'll go and, you know, watch her performances and stuff sometimes. But it's just really cool to be able to like, pass something on to a generation and then just watch them like take it above and beyond, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, uh, after the studio stuff, uh, so it back up a little bit in college, I was meeting more dancers at UTA of Arlington. Um, and honestly, Jason, that's the first moment where dance kind of took a turn for me. Like it kind of took a, a left turn that wasn't intended. Um, mm -hmm. Ever since I started dancing, my mom actually was not a fan. Like when I first started, she was not a fan just because I think she she knew some people and knew kind of where it led them and stuff. And so she was not about it. Um, and so this was the first moment where I kind of started going that direction that she was afraid of. Um, and I started doing some performances that just were not the path. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got me. And I knew it and it was just... You know, I think the turning point was when I invited my parents and some of my best friends to come and watch a performance. Um, it was like a huge performance. We won third place. It should have been a big deal. But man, in my heart, I was embarrassed. I was mm. so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was just, yeah, it just was not good. Uh, so I just I told God, hey, I'm gonna put these on the shelf. Let me know when you want me to bring them back. And so uh, after that, I worked at a social media company for about a year and a half. Um, and we used to manage like accounts of different music artists and stuff mm. like that. And so, um, after working there for a year and a half, uh, Britt Nicole, who's a Christian artist, she put out a tweet looking for dancers for a headlining tour. Um, and my coworker sent it to me. He was laughing cause he knew I used to dance. Yeah. Well, you should, you know, you should do this. And I was like, oh, that's funny. No, I, I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, long story short. My girlfriend at the time actually ended up convincing me to do it. I sent in a tape, like the last day you could. It's a video audition. Um, and man, she ended up picking me and this girl from LA to go on tour with them. Wow. And this is, Jason, this is how you know it was like a God thing because this is never how it happens. <laughs> like <laughs> never how it happened. We sent in that one video and there was not a single extra thing that we did to like prove ourselves. Um, I think the managers and stuff were trying to find a way for us to like have a second audition. Mm -hmm. um, it just never happened. We got flown in two weeks before the tour to rehearse all the dances. And then two weeks after that, we were on the bus <laughs> with wow. Britt and the band. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was nuts. Uh, and then from that point on, I mean, I was, I toured with her for about five and a half years. Um, and just traveled, uh, the nation, the world a little bit. And it was awesome, man, to see God, like kind of take something that I had given to him yeah, and give it back kind of like tenfold, you know, in a way that I never would have dreamed of or envisioned. So, so super cool. But that, that's kind of, that sounded kind of like a long story, but that's my dance journey in a nutshell. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, there's honestly so much I'm, I'm the dance world is so foreign to me. And, and maybe to a few of our listeners, I mean, my wife tells me I can't like not to dance, like she won't let me, you know? <laughs> so it's like, um, you know, just that world is so foreign to me. So like, uh, forgive my naive questions, but like, what, what did that, that audition tape consist of? Like, what does that look like? Uh, I mean, did they give you direction of what they were looking for? And then you made the tape? Sort of. They left some creative reign, you know, but, uh, basically it was to her song gold. And they said, just, hey, send in your best choreography to this song. And so uh, 
that's basically what I did. I, I choreographed to it a little bit and then added a little freestyle moment at the end so they could kind of see my tricks and yeah. break dance stuff. So okay. that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, <laughs> uh, when you said it was a God thing, I want, I thought maybe you were going to mention that your mom was, what was her response whenever you said, Hey, I'm, I'm oh, going out man. on tour and, and it's going to oh. be dancing. <laughs> Jason, once she saw the Lord kind of opened that door for me and then saw like us performing at a show and saw like heard the music and like, Oh, completely changed. She was on board at that point. Oh, she was, she loved the fact that, you know, I followed, I followed what I, you know, I felt like I heard the Lord's voice in it and she loved that I followed his voice versus just saying, all right, mom, well, if you don't want me to do this, I won't do it. Yeah. Um, And so for her, it was, I mean, she's, you know, she'll tell you now, like it was definitely like a, a growing moment for her too, to trust that, you know, the path that, and I'll, I'll learn this as a parent, I'm not a parent yet, but <laughs> sometimes the path that we think our children are going to go on, or we envision them going on might not be the path that God has for them. Um, like, like I said, my parents are both, they were athletes, basketball players, um, I was an athlete, but it wasn't what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. My sister is not so much an athlete. She is a musician. Like she is a gifted and talented musician. She knows that it's like she taught herself to play the piano, taught mm-hmm. herself to play the guitar. She sings, she leads worship at Gateway now. Um, so like those are examples of like past that my parents couldn't have predicted. Um, but they're just allowing God to just, hey, if that's where you're leading them, we see the fruit, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that she got on board. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, actually I know we we first met a few years ago. You were on Salt Tour and you were doing videography uh, among other things for them. But uh, you know, I, I know people who who haven't gone on any kind of tour. You said you've you've toured the nation and you know some some other places in the world. Um, what are some of the misconceptions that people assume uh, when it comes to being on tour for uh, you know some kind of uh, music artist? I would say there's any misconceptions. Um, I would say that, you know, it's something I feel like touring is definitely something that's fun to do like once in your lifetime, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily something you should aim to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, if you want to have like, you know, a steady home, a steady family. Um, that's one of the hardest things about tour. Like, uh, obviously again, I'm, I'm, I'm a single man. I'm not married or anything, but, I had a lot of friends out there and I watched a lot of families who, you know, kind of struggled on tour, you know, cause maybe the, maybe the dad is in a band and the family is at home all the time or mm-hmm. vice versa. The mom's in a band or she's the singer and she's gone all the time. Um, and it's hard for families, you know, because you're not seeing each other, um, very much. And so I think, like I said, I think for like touring was, it's fun. It's a blast. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, that's ultimately one of the reasons why I stopped touring. Um, I, I felt like the Lord was leading me in a different direction. Um, I, I liked, sometimes I like to leave things in like a good place. Mm-hmm. So like my five and a half years of touring with Brit was awesome. Um, it's not like it started getting bad and then I left. Like it was just awesome. Sometimes I like to leave things awesome, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that way it's a fond memory, you know, Hey Lord, you know, that was a great season, but, I'm ready for the next thing. Um, and so for me, it was more about seeing where film was going to take me and seeing if it was some, something I could establish, you know, a family with, a home life with, um, and be somewhere yeah. instead of all over the world all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, so let's talk about uh, your filmmaking career. Where did that, in this, in this season, where did you pick up a camera and, and just realize, hey, this is something I like doing? Yeah, well, you know, having the opportunity to, to travel a lot, obviously, like, you kind of want to capture some of those moments and memories. And so I had a camera, uh, and as a dancer, you know, some, you take a camera with you and record yourself and show it off to your friends. Um, but I also had a love of just movies and visual effects. And so in my videos, I would do a little more than just dance often and mm-hmm. actually try to create weird effects and stuff to like make people go, Whoa, that was cool. Um, until I just started, it, it became a thing, you know, it wasn't filmmaking for me when I started out, 
none of it was about money (laughs) at all. It was just like, Hey, this is really cool. Again, it's something I can create. I can build. Um, and over time, about two years in touring with Brit, she, you know, kind of caught wind of all the stuff I was putting together and said, Jeff, you ought to create something for me. I can throw up on my socials or whatever. I said, you sure? Like, I'm not very good. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just doing random stuff. She's like, Oh yeah, let's just try it. And so what started out as just doing little fun, silly videos with Brit turned into over time, as I got better, um, I started doing, you know, actual content for her, started doing tour visuals for her, started doing music videos for her. Um, and so what was kind of cool was Brit became my, my training, uh, guinea pig, if you will, <laughs> like, we would do a lot of stuff and it allowed me to learn just by doing stuff with her often. Um, to the point where I got to a good place where, like I said, when I was doing tour visuals and stuff for her, um, at these shows, other artists would see it. Um, and they'd be like, yo, who did that? Like, you know, Hey, can you do some stuff for us? Yeah. And Jason, that's literally how my clientele built was just based off of word of mouth, people seeing my work in different places and saying, hey, we want to hire you to do this. Um, and at the time, you have to realize, I'm still going like, whoa, hold on, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Like, this was not ever supposed to be like a thing, but yeah. people want to pay me to do this. So, okay. Um, and so, man, just over time, it just, I fell into it, fell into it, had clientele paying me to do different things. And, um then I was like, yo, this maybe could be a sustainable business as I get older because I won't be to dance forever. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how it got started for sure. Well, and then, uh, you know, like I said, we met on Salt Tour. You were doing doing video stuff for them uh, for for a while. You worked at the Music Bed and, mm-hmm. um, you know, as one of their filmmakers and, 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 you know, kind of what have you learned through that journey? And, uh, you're, you're kind of doing, you said you're doing full-time freelance stuff now. Right. And yeah. so, so kind of what did, what have you learned through that journey of just kind of picking it up and figuring out, Hey, I might could do this and then having like legit professional opportunities and, and now being a freelancer. Totally. Um, I think honestly, I've learned that for one film school isn't necessary (laughs) i don't want to say like hey you shouldn't go to film school um there are times i wish i had gone to film school just because some of the things i have learned along the way i probably would have already known you know like i would have been in a class actually learning that stuff um but thankfully there's youtube university yeah (laughs) (laughs) um honestly that's where I, i learned most of my stuff was youtube when i started out um but man, just over time, it's just been interesting to see how many things, opportunities kind of God's allowed for me to, to like try. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say try is because a lot of times I've been asked to do things that I've never done before. Um, I'm asked to do a video job. They say, Hey, do you do this? I was like, mm, I don't, I've never done that, but I'll, I'd, I'd be glad to try. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden someone gives me an opportunity to try something new. Now I have a new skill under, you know, my belt. Um, so I would definitely, you know, encourage anybody who feels like maybe they're not really sure what they're doing with video to just try, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the least you can do is just try. Um, if someone asks you to do a job that you never, you know, shoot your first music video, shoot this, like, I mean, I can remember when I got asked to do my first music video, I was like, yo, I've never done a music video. Like how, how, what do I need to do? Like, do I need to, call up like a crew. Do I need to do this? Have a giant crane? Like, (laughs) you know, like it can be overwhelming if you've never done it before. Um, and I just, I just, you know, I think just trying is, is huge in filmmaking. Don't be afraid to try. Um, I tell my friends all the time who they want to shoot things more regularly. Um, but it's like, they're waiting for like something to prompt them. Yeah. And I just tell them, I say, Hey, if you have an idea, just go shoot it. Just do it. Like, there's really nothing stopping you except for your mind that's telling you that you don't know enough or you don't have the right equipment. Like, yeah, just to do it. Well, <laughs> and then, you know, in that process, you learn how to do it. Yeah. And that, that's so good. And, and I think that that says a lot about, about you and in, in regards to my next question, cause I love, I love your Instagram feed. 
Um, you know, it, it just seems like you've always got a project going on and, and from an outsider, it looks like, you know, I'm sure some of those or a lot of those are paid gigs, but it seems like you're producing a lot of just stuff that that's creative for you. Um, you know, uh, and, and truthfully, you posted something on TikTok just a few days ago that like you, you posted on your Instagram account cause I don't have a TikTok, but I thought now I see a reason for a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> nice. of because of what you what you produce but um for you what what value do you find in just creating things like you you talk about trying and when the idea comes just try to do it you know how does that bring value to you beyond just you know the learning the experimentation but sure yeah what else what else is, brings value in that yeah well so jason for me personally creating is like man it's, 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 it's more than just an outlet for me. It's like a, there's something fulfilling about creating. Okay. Um, I think it's just like knowing that, you know, God is a creator and that he created that desire in me as, as well to create, like creating for me is kind of like someone who loves playing video games or someone who loves, um, you know, any, any pastime that's like a go-to yeah. like, man, I'm stressed. I want to go, you know, clear my mind and play a video game or man. Um, I'm feeling pumped. I want to go do this. Like that's creating for me. Um, it just excites me to create something and to just, you know, the whole process and then to see a finished product. Like, um, and so, uh, I don't know if that makes me a little like odd. I don't know if that's everybody (laughs) (laughs) or they just feel so hungry to create or like, you know, they, there's like this burning desire in them that, that's just what they want to do. Yeah. But, um, for me, yeah, it's just kind of always been like a go-to outlet. Um, um, even, you know, like I almost want to say even when I'm tired, like obviously like there are times I just take breaks and don't do anything, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just such a fulfilling outlet for me to create. So, so yeah, like you mentioned some of the things on my Instagram that are just like for fun, Honestly, uh, I tell people this all the time. I feel like Instagram is more like a highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, some people kind of look at it and think like that's that's like your life all the time. Because um, I, I had a friend come and visit uh, out of state and they were like, yeah, hey, when do I come visit? Can we go do so? Like, can we go climb on a rooftop or go climb a crane? Or <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, like you, you, you think that's what I do every day. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, on Instagram, I honestly just, I see it as like an artboard. Um, and so I love posting things that like, I don't know. I just, I like creating. Um, and I used to tell my friends this, who, uh, I have a lot of friends who try to, I think, create things for the views or for the likes, um, which, I mean, if you're trying to make money doing that, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for me personally, um, I've told my friends, I'm like, Hey, if I create something that I like, I'm going to post it, whether it gets liked or not. Like, because this is my artboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is just my artboard. Like I'm not doing this to try to get, you know, whatever. Now, if someone notices it and I get a job, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for that end of the day, it's an artboard. Um, I, even the way like people talk about, I think the way my page is curated, you know, like, like the colors and stuff, like, again, that's just a testament to how I feel like it's an artboard. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's just fulfillment in that for me, uh, to create. Um, and I promise I, I definitely do a lot more than my Instagram shows. Yeah. <laughs> my Instagram makes it look like I'm just always out on these adventures and yeah. stuff. So people ask like, dude, what do you do for work? <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of times, you know, I'm doing a lot of client work that, you know, it may not be like as fun, uh, you know, as you're as engaging or whatever. So, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I don't really know that everyone needs to like see this or wants to see this, but, um, or even if it's something that I really want to post, cause I mean, it paid the bills, but it wasn't like a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't like a passion project kind of thing. So, yeah. um, well, I mean, I think it's great. And like I said, it, you're a great follow on Instagram because, uh, even though like you, you mentioned, it's the highlights, it's, it's an artboard for you. It's just, it, it shows that you, you just, when you have a creative idea, you try to 
try to make a place for it. Um, sure. You know, and so I think I think that's so great. And, uh, you know, as we as we draw to a close here, Jeff, I, I've just got a couple more questions. And, and usually we try to keep our interviews pretty evergreen. But, you know, in light of this COVID-19 pandemic, I mean, this has changed everybody's life. And so I've I, I've kind of started asking this question. And, and that is, uh, are you learning anything about yourself creatively during this time when we're kind of locked down in our homes and stuff like that? Most definitely. Um, if nothing else, I've learned that there are so many things I want to do (laughs) (laughs) and I need to probably work on my focus a little more. Mm. Um, not to say like when I have a job, I can't like, you know, finish it and see it to fruition. But, um, I mean, once this quarantine started, Jason, I was literally writing down a list of, oh my gosh, now I have time to do this, 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 this. (laughs) (laughs) and I've literally been jumping to each thing like I'll start on this get a little bit into it and be like all right now let's move to this a little like and so instead of just sticking with one thing and like becoming a master at that I'm just jumping yeah um so to give you some examples like there's some other programs I want to learn how to use um uh regarding video editing um I would love to learn how to make music (laughs) I don't know any like how to play any instruments I have no music, uh, I guess, knowledge, like music theory. Mm -hmm. Um, I have heard someone say that even if you don't know how to play an instrument or have any music theory knowledge, like you can make music. That's encouraging (laughs) (laughs) because I just I love music. Um, So, yeah, there's been like all these things and I'm uh, that I've been kind of trying to dive into. uh, But at the same time, I've also tried to take a step back and not make myself so busy um, because it's easy for me to do that. Um, I think sometimes busyness can almost become an idol for me um, because I love to create so much. I'll get so caught up in it, Jason, that I'll just, I mean, I won't talk to no one for like days. Yeah. Um, Jesus is knocking on my door saying, hey, you, you still there? You didn't talk to me in a minute. Like, <laughs> um, And uh, so I have to kind of take a step back. And so I think one of the things I have loved about quarantine right now. Um, obviously I wish it would have happened under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love how it's made people super intentional about their conversations, super intentional about reaching out to people, um, checking up on their friends, checking up on their family, um, and just nourishing relationships, you know, that normally we'd be too busy to engage in. Yeah. Um, that's probably been my favorite thing about quarantine right now. Yeah, that's um, good. So I would definitely encourage people like I've been seeing a lot of like posts on social media where people say like, you know, if you're not productive during this time, what are you doing with your life? And then I've seen the opposite where they say, don't feel like you have to be productive right now. Like it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Um, uh, which, you know, I think there's a place for all of that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, I just, I love how it feels, this time feels like it's bringing us back to center to, which is people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we were made for relationship. We were made for people. And so I hate that it took a pandemic to get us here, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but now we're finally like, you know, making time for the people that matter in our lives. Um, and so I think that's a glorious thing. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think, I hope that out of this, we, we learn, uh, what is really important, you know, like, I, I hope that it's not once everything's lifted that everyone just goes back to whatever their normal was before, you know, that's okay. uh, what I hope. So, uh, just, uh, one last question as we, as we wind down and we ask this of all our guests and that is, do you have any words of encouragement to fellow creatives out there? I do. Um, I would say with fellow creators, um, I know I mentioned like, don't be afraid to try things earlier. Um, but also be nice to people. <laughs> I would say be nice to people because in this world right now, of like social media and influencers and stuff, there's a lot of people out there who will only try to work with certain people because of like clout or following or whatever. And certain people, like if someone comes to you and says, Hey, I want to learn. I want to, I don't, I don't know anything, but I want to help you out. Like, and you look at like, you know, their social media presence or something, you go like, eh, you know, I don't want to work with you. Like, I think that that's just so such like a wrong way to go about things. Um, 
because the thing is, uh, one, I think as creators, we should definitely always be willing to kind of share, share knowledge, share experiences, but also um, don't don't be so quick to cut people out <laughs> because you never know. You know, you never know how that person is going to be influential in in your life or in your career. You know, you just you don't know. Um, I know kids who, man, I met <clears throat> years ago. Um, actually, um, I don't know if you know uh, Caleb Natel, but Caleb Natel is a creator out of, uh, man, he lives, is it in Massachusetts? He lives somewhere on the East Coast. Um, but I met him in Nashville at, a, at a, someone's birthday party like years ago. And I remember being introduced to him and this kid was just starting out in video. Um, he didn't really know a whole lot, but um, I remember meeting him, introducing, and we've stayed connected ever since. Um, but this kid now is, he might not say he's big time, but he's big time. <laughs> he's big time. Um, I mean, he's doing work for like Will Smith, uh, just big names and stuff. Um, and so that's like what I'm talking, like that's so cool to see someone who didn't know anything, you invested a little bit of time, a little bit of love and look where, look where they ended up, you know? Um, so I would say for fellow creatives, don't be afraid to like, work with other people um don't don't ever like kind of shut anybody out you know like just because you don't feel like they have clout or whatever um and then uh, i actually just said the word but teamwork teamwork is huge that's my last point uh teamwork really does make the dream work <laughs> when i started out with filmmaking i did a lot of things solo just kind of like a lot of other filmmakers um but once I learned the quality of having a team, uh, man, I, I can't go back. Um, every shoot I have now, I try to at least have one other person. If I can't, if I can't have a crew, at least one other person, just because one, it makes the experience better, but two, you'll be so surprised at how much easier, like, or how much better the day will go <laughs> if you have somebody to assist you. <laughs> you know, and I understand like sometimes uh, we don't always have like budgets to like pay a bunch of people or whatever. Um, but even if you just have a friend who literally just wants to help, like help you move the lights, help you pick up, like just, it's good to have people. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs>
We we are learning that. You know, we didn't really know that when we were recording this yeah. in a room in person, but now that we're seeing you in your garage, it's like, wow, you 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 you've retained a lot um, over the years. I keep I keep stuff. Yeah. But only important stuff. Only important stuff. What? Okay, so that it's painting obviously. that that painting of a mouse that looked familiar, but it definitely wasn't Mickey. Um, what 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 is that? My dad got this painting when he was in third grade, and so it's just a an old velvet painting wow. of Mickey Mouse. I mean, <clears throat> you can bleep that out, but <laughs> with a of that one. And so it hangs it, it it hangs in one of the kids' rooms. But the other day, for one of our zooms for our for my job, one of the ladies that she loves I don't know what happened she loves Disney and she was being honored as teacher of the year but they kind of stopped all that and so they had secretly planned for all of us to have like Disney themed stuff and so I had that in the background and with my my mouse ears on and so wow wow you could always and that's why you keep stuff right so you can always rise to the occasion when needed you know it's when people, it's it's a great joy of mine when someone's like, oh, I wish we had this. And I'll be like, hold on just a second. And then I come back with that exact thing. Yeah. And so. Oh, man. I just really need a large pair of tweezers. I just need I a see. mini back scratcher. A mini back scratcher? You can use anything for that. <laughs> I just wait for you to just throw them up. Here's my fork. <laughs> that that would work. Uh, well, guys, we need to get out of here, and uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time chatting with you. Glad we got all the audio and video stuff worked out. And uh, Kyle, is that a knife? Uh, it didn't sound that good, and I was trying to. We need some foley here. Yeah. Add something to that. Okay, I'll, we'll we'll add an effect. Here, here, add, cut this and add it. Shwing! There it is. <laughs> oh, there it is. Well, uh, guys, I uh, hope you have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week, but um, take care of yourselves. You know, as we're we're slowly going back into the real world, and uh, you know, make it. Call happen. your senator, Free Joe Exotic. <laughs> That's right. That is Kyle's political statement this week. Enjoy Parks and Rec on Thursday, everybody. And uh, for Kyle Lee and Kyler Clapp, I'm Jason Evans, and we will see you next week.